This is Yvonne Brown, and this is a Jadcast, produced by Jad Communications International, the organization that helps women stop limiting beliefs and achieve their highest potential at www.jadcommunications.com. Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Jadcast. Today we have playwright Lydia R. Diamond who's the gift horse premiered at the Goodman Theater and is anthologized in seven black plays from Northwestern University Press. Voyeurs de Venus, which I've seen recently. It's very good, everybody. And Mrs. Ms. Diamond's adaptation of Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eyes were both commissioned by Steppenwolf Theater. Ms. Diamond is a, a recent winner, resident winner, of the Theater Award Prize, recipient of an Illinois Arts Council Fellowship, and a contributing editor at Tri-Quarterly. Currently, she resides in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where she's a non-resident Harvard Dubois Center Fellow, and has recently been named one of four commissioned playwright fellows at the Huntington Theater, a two-year residency. Her premiere of Voyeurs de Venus is running at Chicago Dramatist until April 15th. And believe me, everybody, it's really fantastic. So make sure you go and see that show. And call me and ask me about it if you want to know more. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. How did you become a playwright? Was that a dream realized or did it come about later? It sort of came about later. I was a theater major um, at Northwestern. Um, undergrad and was focusing on acting and there was sort of a dearth of roles for young black women at the time or real, really period and um, I started writing things for myself I just wanted to be able to do that and somehow because the way we get socialized in theater is sort of thinking of playwrights and I don't know if this is true for this next generation but when I was in school it really felt as though playwrights were dead people. And so it didn't occur to me even at that point to think of myself as a playwright or to think of some, as, that, as a viable career. Um, but I found that I had a knack for it and enjoyed it. And so um, over the course of 11 years, I sort of acted professionally and wrote plays and sometimes acted in them. I had my own theater company, and then I started another theater company with some friends and somehow along the way I got the message that I was meant to be writing plays at least at this stage in my life and in my career. And so that's sort of how how I came to be a playwright. You know, that's I'm I'm glad to hear that because it it lets people know that you can change as you get little signals along the way because Jad Communications we help women on the journey to achievement of their destiny. And to me uh, yeah. that is exactly sort of what what you've done, you're you're on the way to your destiny, and your achievements are are piling up along the way as you move in that direction. How do you select? Absolutely. How do you select your topics? Um, you know, they come to me rather organically. I sort of live in a kind of heightened place around things like race relations and um, sexism and um, social inequality. Um, economic inequality, all of those things are just part of my consciousness, um, not because I'm particularly a person who would define herself as a political person, but because I kind of live my politic, and so those awarenesses work their way into my my stories and into my plays, and there's always an element, perhaps, on the fringes of autobiography, and um, and the characters are born out of all of those sensibilities. 
um, and then out of the characters usually come the plots, come the plays. I'm really glad to hear that. And one of the things you said at Saturday's uh, play, which was Stick Fly, was that sometimes when you're writing, you're actually dealing with uh, something personal that uh, perhaps uh, at the end of the process you've reconciled this issue. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Stick Fly is a, another play of mine that's running currently at uh, Congo Square Theater, and that also closes April 15th. We just got a great review in the Tribune on that today. We're thrilled. Um, you mentioned, because on Saturday when I was at, at Stick Fly, you actually stuck around, which was fabulous, and, and spoke to the audience a little bit and took our questions and said, sometimes it's something you're dealing with personally that you... Yes, and so so the the reason I started writing Stickfly actually was because I was working on this harrowing piece and doing this research that was so depressing on my other play, Voyeur de Venus, and um, Stickfly sort of became my escape. And even though it explores issues that are serious to me and important, it's also there's just so there's so much laughter in the play, and so um, sort of I think very much um, I'm informed by things that are happening well, around well, the edges of my life, yes. And I was going to say that uh, it informed me because part of why I am so excited about your two plays that I've seen is that the uh, uh, the character in in each play actually gets to the point where she's dealing with an issue where she just comes out of her bag is how I like to put it where she just <laughs> it's not as though she really tells the person off but it's like 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 she has something to get off her chest and it's sometimes because I too am a woman of color I've dealt with issues that I kind of carry around with me like little post-it notes that are still yes. unresolved you know and sometimes That's a beautiful I, image. I feel as though I could just say some of those words, but of course you can't. However, in a play, you can't. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> nice. It's true. A play gives us a chance to, to voice things that we would never say or do in social situations, at least not if we want entree into those social situations again. Exactly. But, um, yeah, it's true. Um, one of the things I was exploring in, in Stick Fly um, was sort of my sense of how racism and classism and the various things that we have to navigate can invade even our most personal spaces. And it's a combination of looking at, at those power dynamics. It's all about power dynamics. And um, and also the search, searching for fathers that across races we all do. This sort of, you know, if you have a father in your home, um, what does that relationship mean? And for so many people, it's a difficult one. And for people for whom it's not, it's a special one. And, and so this play was largely about an exploration of father-daughter relationships and um, with all of the encumbrances of the other social things that are heaped upon our shoulders as, as African-American people in this country. You know, one of the things also that I found fascinating on Saturday evening was at, at Stick Fly, the play Stick Fly, is how you said you came up with that title and that whole oh, yes. concept. Would you share that with our listeners? Yeah, certainly. I was driving down Lakeshore Drive and I was listening to NPR. And um, there was a piece about an entomologist or 
about how movements of flies are studied. And it was such a beautiful sort of metaphor for something, something that I knew was, was a little bit intangible but, but so attractive to me. And it became the monologue around which kind of the play was built. I can't, I can't go too much into it because then you'll, I'll give it away, but there's something about the way fly movement is, um, is studied by entomologists that resonates for the protagonist, or one of the characters at least, in The Place Took Fly, who is an entomologist and in her journey that, that really has some significance for her. How do you select your topics? Because it's it's so much different from Voyeur's Divine. Uh, that how do you select your topics? Do they do they just come to you, or does it kind of germinate in your mind for a while and then pop out? Or yeah, it sort of does. It's sort of both of those things. It's really a terribly organic process, and I I don't know that any artist can really put their finger on it. I think about that. I think about I don't know that a painter says. I think I'm going to work with these colors now. I think that the colors come to the painter, the palette comes to the painter, the subject comes to the painter, and then you know that you're exploring a certain something because it's in this time in your life when you're exploring these things. And for me, the subjects of my plays are the same. They they get born out of things that I'm struggling with, and but the process is so not... Um, tangible. It's so in other spaces in my psyche and um, spiritual sort of places and intangible kinds of places that... Do you you lock yourself up and just sort of sit there in front of the typewriter and bang it all out? No, actually, no, quite the opposite. I'm terribly unfocused um, and I think that's okay. I think I'm fully living my life and as I'm living it pieces of it are informing what might happen next creatively. And, And then I have this idea and I say oh this is where I'm going next and it becomes more and more specific in my mind and then you know maybe over the period of six months often a year or more I then have done most of the writing in my head nothing on paper yet Um, and so then when I'm ready to sit down and write the play it comes out pretty quickly fascinating kind of fully developed and then I do a lot of the kind of work that all playwrights do around structure and fine tuning and dialogue and um, dramaturgical accuracy and all of those things so do you really do it alone I mean uh, all by yourself and then you bring it you find the actors and you bring them in and so on or yes it's the, the first part of the process is the one that's lonely and, and by yourself and solitary. And then um, theater becomes this community, which is the part that I most like about it. And so, you, you know, the time you spend alone is rewarded by having being surrounded by these brilliant other artists who bring so much dimension to the piece. And then, and then their work informs your ability to shape where the piece needs to go. Oh, and that so in, be yeah, in process, um, in um, what's called development processes, where something in theater that we're always trying to get more money for, um, you have an opportunity to have actors read your work, and then when you hear it, you know what it's doing. And then, you know, if you get to have a, a stage reading and have and see how it interacts with an audience, then that's more work that you can do on it. And then when you get to have a production, 
in previews, you see how it interacts with an audience, and that's more tinkering that you can do. And then even post a premiere, you can know sort of what audiences felt and how it was received, and if, if need be, if you feel like there's more work to be done, there's even room to do more work. It's, it's a living art that it continually changes until, until it's done and you move on to the next thing. You've been listening to a JADcast. We hope this podcast helps you on your journey to achievement of your destiny. Remember to visit us at www.jadcommunications.com.